this spyware issue is at the very heart of EU institutions and EU decision-making, says MEP Sophie Intveld. Hello and welcome to your Actives Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evikiori and together with our guests, MEP and Rapporteur of the Inquiry Committee for the Abuse of Spyware, Sophie Intveld, and my colleague Spiros Ideris, who is reporting from Athens, we will take a deep dive into the latest developments on the Greek spyware scandal and why is the European Commission and the European Council being so apathetic with facing the wiretapping scandal and the problematic use of spyware. In August 2022, MEP Nikos Andrulakis, leader of the opposition party PASOK Kinal, made public that there was an attempt on his device to be infected by the predator spyware. MEP Andrulakis submitted his personal device to the European Parliament's services for a checkup, which showed that Mr. Andrulakis had received a suspicious text message with a link which was meant to install Predator on his phone. The same text message was previously sent to journalist Thanasis Koukakis, who also asked the Greek authorities to provide information on if he had been under surveillance, and if so, for what reasons. A request that remained unanswered. But to find out more on Kukaki's case, listen to our previous episode of this podcast on the wiretapping scandal, where the journalist explained to us how he found out he was being spied twice by the Greek government. Now, fast forward, the Hellenic Authority for Communication Security and Privacy, ADAE, which is an independent authority, kept investigating how many people have been under surveillance and the number of the citizens on this list kept rising. Among the people under surveillance, we had MEP Yorgos Kirtsos and investigative journalist Tassos Teloglu. Adae kept investigating, but on January 10th, Greek Chief Prosecutor Isidoros Doyakos caused shockwaves after he ruled that Adae cannot conduct audits of telecommunication companies to find out who is under surveillance by the Greek uh, secret services. Mr. Doyakos even threatened the members of the Hellenic Authority for Communication, Security and Privacy with criminal prosecution. In an effort to check whether legal surveillance took place, the Adae visited the mobile telephony providers and asked to see the records of the calls. According to press reports, the chief public prosecutor, Toyakos, uh, intervened at the request of uh, one provider and communicated an opinion. The essence of Toyakos' opinion was to prevent the ADAE from carrying out checks and informing the victims, the victims of the uh, surveillance, treating the members of the independent authority with penalties. In other words, the public prosecutor interfered with the work of the independent authority. A problematic move made by the Greek government was the decision to introduce another provision that forbids citizens from being informed if they are under surveillance by the secret services. Until now, citizens could ask ADHE to investigate if they are under surveillance. Now this is not possible, it's only possible after three years and only if the permission that they are required to acquire from a prosecutor has been approved. The government, after, proceeded to change the legal framework regarding surveillance and the information of victims. The bill, which was only passed by the ruling New Democracy Party, provoked strong reaction from the opposition parties. One of the issues that came under harsh criticism in the new law is that the ADAE 
no longer has the authority to handle requests from citizens for information on surveillance for national security purposes. The authority to manage citizens' requests for surveillance belongs not to a DAE, but to a tripartite body consisting of prosecutor service serving in the National Intelligence Services and the President of ADAE as a civil member. It becomes clear that it's now up to the National Intelligence Service to manage and inform the citizens under surveillance. This means that the control from ADAE to the National Intelligence Services is transferred to the hands of the NIS itself. Opposition parties are reacting and are concerned that the chief prosecutor and the government are trying to silence the scandal. However, Christos Ramos, the president of ADAE, has clarified that the independent authority will continue to preserve its independent status and will proceed with more investigations since more members of the opposition might have been under surveillance. The reaction from the entire opposition and the legal world uh, were a slap of the prosecutor opinion. The central element of the statements of both the opposition parts and most constitutionalists was the opinion of Doyakos covers up the surveillance scandal and imposes the law of silence. In addition, the move of prosecutor Doyakos, who is his opinion, was seen by the political world as an invitation in the inversion of the Mitsotakis government and the judiciary in order to save itself from the surveillance scandal abolishing the rule of law. And we had the same reactions outside the country too. A number of MEPs have expressed their frustration and have stressed that this violates their rights. Mr. Doyako's suggestion and how the Greek government is dealing with the spyware scandal have been characterized as a threat to democracy and they are harming the rule of law. MEP Sophie Insfeld told us. The abuse of spyware uh, generally is one of the biggest threats to democracy and the rule of law in the European Union at the moment. And it tends to be a little bit invisible to people because it's it's fairly abstract. Uh, it's taking place in, in a number of member states and also largely outside the European Union. So people, it's not as visible as, let's say, uh, the siege of US Congress or you know, storming of the uh, Brazilian parliament. That's very visible. This, this abuse of spyware is uh, as big a threat or probably a bigger threat to democracy than those physical attacks. When it comes to democracy, there is no European Union. When it comes to the rule of law, there is no European Union. Uh, it's completely absent and the European Commission pretends that it has absolutely no powers and that it's entirely up to member state governments. The problem is that member state governments in some cases, or in many cases actually, are the perpetrators. We have five countries where in different ways uh, we have to distinguish, but five countries where we have very serious concerns about abuse of spyware. That's Poland, Hungary, Spain, Greece, and Cyprus. There are countries where we have grave concerns about spyware being abused for political purposes rather than security, because all governments claim that they need spyware uh, for our security. But what we see in practice is that it's being used to, uh, to, to, to counter opposition and, 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 and criticism and avoid scrutiny. It's not a Greek problem. 
And if one part of the European Union is sick, then the entire European Union is sick. You're listening to Your Active is Beyond the Byline podcast. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter on youractive.com slash newsletters. And if you want to expand your knowledge in other fields, you can listen to our tech podcast and our agri-food podcast. And if you have any comments or ideas, you can drop a line at podcasts at youractive.com. MEPs have asked the Commission and the Council to take action, but the institutions appear apathetic and with tight hands. I'm very, very concerned and irritated to note that both the Commission and the Council, i.e. the Member States, are completely stonewalling uh, not just our inquiry, but the whole issue. They're not investigating, they pretend it's not there, they're ignoring it. We see that spyware has been used against members of the European Parliament. So that means that an EU institution has been directly targeted. The more we we find out the more I realize how Europe, how the European Union is, you know, is becoming the hub for the trade in spyware. And it's a kind of semi-legal or it's rather semi-illegal or maybe entirely illegal as a, as a trade. In any case, it's very shady, very murky. Um, it's also very clear that spyware is being exported from the European Union in blatant violation of the export rules that we have, which ban the export of surveillance technologies to countries which do not respect uh, human rights and democracy, etc. And we see spyware being exported freely and unhampered from the European Union to places like Sudan, uh, Myanmar, Libya, Egypt, Madagascar, Bangladesh, uh, you know, and, and many other places. And the European Commission, uh, which is supposed to enforce the export rules, is just turning a blind eye. It's not responding at all. But why are the Commission and the Council turning a blind eye to the spyware scandal? We see here a kind of unholy alliance between uh, on the one hand, we see member state governments and and the commission as well. And on the other hand, we see this semi-underworld um, spyware business and they are in cahoots. They, they, they have a shared interest, uh, namely to maintain this trade in, uh, in spyware, to, to keep it as invisible and opaque as possible. Uh, not having anyone interfering. So it's it's not passive, it's not inertia, it is very deliberately turning a blind eye. What I find very disturbing is a kind of almost cognitive dissonance between the um, let's say governments and the European Commission and also the European Parliament, we are all speaking out on be- for, for democracy. We all condemn countries which are violating human rights. And at the same time, we're very happily exporting spyware there, uh, helping dictatorships to oppress uh, opponents, to oppress free media, to oppress human rights activists. The Committee for the Abuse of Spyware is working on a reform and is investigating how can the Commission take action and guard the treaties.
I have put on the table uh, two documents. Uh, one is a report, which is basically describing the problem, describing the situation, looking back. And the other one is a resolution containing recommendations for the future. So those two documents are on the table. Now people can table amendments. I myself will table amendments. Since I first uh, put on the table my, my first document, which was in um, November, so two months ago, a lot has happened. Uh, uh, you know, Many new elements have emerged. There have been a lot of developments. So um, we, we are working on the report and in parallel, we are doing the investigation. So I myself as a rapporteur, I will table amendments to my own document in order to update it and, and add further elements. Um, and and that, will, uh, that will take us then via various steps. We'll have exchanges of views and negotiations on the amendments. We'll have a vote at the end of April and then another vote. Uh, early June or mid June, um, and then uh, then we'll see what the Commission and the member states will do. I mean, the Commission, if the Commission is serious about being the guardian of the treaties, and sometimes I uh, I wonder if it is. But if it's serious, then uh, it should give a very serious follow up to the recommendations of the European Parliament. Greece is heading to elections this spring. The date isn't clear yet, but this scandal isn't a good image for Greece's uh, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis, who will try to rule for another four years. Although Mr. Mitsotakis has deliberately tried to keep a distance from the wiretapping scandal, the impact is visible in the polls. The first big problem for the next election day is that Kyriakos Mitsotakis is politically uh, isolated from the other parties. So with the statements from the other parties so far, it seems difficult, if not impossible, to find a party that will work with him to form a government if it is necessary after the elections. The second problem that the surveillance creates for Kyriakos Mitsotakis, in my opinion, is that the surveillance has touched the democratic feeling of the centrist citizen who at times vote for the New Democracy Party. Already, the polls are showing a drop in New Democracy's ratings, ratings a while there is uh, an increase in the number of undecided voters, which makes the task of the ruling party to win the elections again ever more difficult. Thank you very much. I am Evgiori, and this was Euractiv's Beyond the Byline podcast. Visit Euractiv for the latest news, and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on your favorite podcasting app. This episode was produced by myself with the help of Spiro Sideris. Thank you for listening.